Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
a song. What a song. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since last week. We had amazing shows last week, both Tuesday and Thursday. Great guests, amazing dialogue, unbelievable flow, everything you could ever want in a show. We've come so far, so much planned for the future of the Rory Sodder Show. Another week, guys, and episode 200, and can you believe it, episode 250. I mean, this is, this is mind-blowing. It's surreal. It's exciting. It's a, a huge blessing and honor, and I, I really love all of you so much because, as, every, as everybody knows, I picked up the mic over two years ago and uh, never stopped. Had a strong passion and drive and, and you know, a strong uh, desire to be in this business, and uh, I was made for it, man. I'm a natural. You know, you know, there's certain things in life that you need to pursue and uh, jump on, and especially the, thing, the things that you're definitely uh, good at and will we'll always succeed at. You know, this is a, it's a business that uh, has, like I always say, it's become my livelihood. It's become a part of who I am. Um, you know, uh, the, and I, I feel really, um, just every week I get to shine my light. I get to, you know, speak to every single person across the country, uh, 25 different countries we're listened to on 70 online platforms. And as everybody knows, pretty soon I will be starting a Salem radio, uh, which is one of the biggest political networks in, in America. Uh, you have people like Sean Hannity, Larry Elder, Hugh Hewitt, um, Sebastian Gorka, uh, Mark Levin, all do their shows there. So the, the moving on in life and, and getting to the next level and, and you know, evolving and, and just – I'll tell you, it's it's um, it's definitely a change. It's it's a change of pace. You know, it's, it's you don't you don't get into this business ever thinking, you know, uh, you know. I, I I just you know how it went for me was, it it just it just happened. You know, I never thought growing up I was ever going to be in radio. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't on my list. But I got, like everybody, I got fed up with the, with the division in politics. Um, you know, and I wanted to speak out and I, you know, realized that I have a lot of good viewpoints and a lot of people resonate with me and, um, you know, and I, I think, I think it's something that needs to be shared and, and I encourage everyone, everybody that, you know, especially in, in today's day and age, I mean, the pot, the podcasting industry is, is, uh, bigger and, and more powerful than ever before. Um, you've got so many people capitalizing and, uh, you know, making a name for themselves and, and, you know, an audience, you know, gaining a big audience, um, and especially with the mainstream media. I mean, you, you, you can't really trust these people. Um, it's a one-track-minded, uh, jaded agenda. It's, 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 you know, they're, they're out for telling the truth anymore for them. It's about who's first, you know, and that's why a lot of people have distanced themselves from these big channels and are going to uh, various independent, you know, uh, platforms to, to get their information. And I'll tell you, uh, I see all these people online, especially lately, and, and this is really uh, annoying. Uh, they'll share whatever article they see, and there's so much fake news out there. And people, not enough people, and this goes on in both parties, they don't, they don't look at the source. They're like, they don't, they don't, they, they just share it. There's no source. There, there's no factual evidence behind it. They think because they saw it, it automatically must be true. 
And, you know, it, it's shameful because you're having these fake news outlets. They're making so much money off ads, off people sharing their stuff, off people giving them, you know, um, attention when they shouldn't be. Um, anyways, guys, it's been quite the week. Uh, we got a lot to get into. Um, you know, as usual, I want to thank all my audience, my guests, my sponsors and co-hosts. Um, a lot of big people on the show tonight to celebrate episode 250. We'll be having uh, President Trump's former uh, assistant, and she's also the communications director at America First Action, Kelly Sadler, who will, will be joining us. Uh, also, world-famous speaker and best-selling author Ed Bradell. Um, along with famous doctor Edison Terrence Walters, uh, you know, many more talk show hosts and best-selling author Ed Martin will be joining us. He's had a hell of a career and a U.S. congressional candidate from Florida, Joe Harding. And I believe we have on the panel with us uh, at this moment, uh, retired police chief homicide detective, uh, Michael Valsi. Michael, welcome. How are you? Hi, Rory. Uh, thanks for having me tonight. Lots of news happening. Actually, a lot of good things happening, too, uh, not just all bad news. So uh, looking forward to tonight's show and getting into some of this stuff. Absolutely, man. Glad you could join us. I also okay. want to welcome, I believe he's with us. We have U.S. congressional candidate um, from Arizona, Josh Barnett. Josh, what's going on? Hey, Rory, how are you? Thank you for having me on again. We got a, like I said, we got a lot of talk about tonight with the China virus and everything going on here in Arizona as well as across the country. Absolutely. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, you know, it's, you always bring great value to the show. So thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. I also want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. Uh, had a very talented and successful career. A uh, retired Army paratrooper, uh, former White House staff member, and also running for office in Tennessee, uh, Todd McKinley. What's up, my friend? Hey, Rory. What's going on, my brother? Hey, uh, I love to see that you know President Trump is you know taking the bull by the horns and, and rocking and rolling, getting the China virus, Wuhan virus, COVID nineteen, or whatever virus you want to call it, pandemic under control in our country. Uh, you know his approval rating for handling this is over sixty percent, and in fact his overall approval rating has went up and it's at, at its highest uh, as of today. Uh, so you know I believe re-election is well within his future, uh, but he needs just need to keep plugging away and and not not worry about it. Because uh, you know, re-election is going to take care of itself. Uh, just keep doing the things for the American people that we need him to do, and uh, re-election will take care of itself. And I look forward to being on your show, buddy. Absolutely. Well, always a pleasure. Thank you. I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We got a, a political activist, Daniel Anna. Daniel, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Rory? Thanks for having me on the show today. Appreciate it. Look forward to talking with your what? audience out there on regarding the uh, Wuhan China flu virus, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely, man. Got a lot to get into tonight. Um, what's been going on with you? What's new? Uh, nothing much, man. Just trying to uh, share my message with the world right now. But I want to start it here in America. Uh, it's very important, you know, um, with this Wuhan China virus that I have going around. Um, there's many, there's, there's many uh, I don't want to say the powers that be, many corporations, groups, you know, um, uh, advertisements, you know, out there, they're, they're very misleading to uh, the American people right now. It's kind of chaotic. Most people can't even get, you know, get their head wrapped around together. You know, it's just so crazy out there right now. No one knows where to start. So, you know, God bless you for having your show, you know, an independent show to get your, you know, get your message across to the world. 
I definitely want to talk to the American people about something called iodine um, and how iodine is huge and we'll, right now we'll, and, and how that's going to help no, We'll out. get into that. No, I'll let you promote that later. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, just let me know when. I don't know how, how this works on the show. When I'm, you know me, I'll just keep going. So let me know. For sure. No, no absolutely. No, I'm going to get to you. I'm going to uh, do as everybody. I'm going to do as I always do. I'm going to get to the small headlines that have fired and occurred uh, over the last few days since I've been off the air. Obviously, you know, most of the stuff that, you know, we, we, don't, we haven't been aware of, obviously, because we're so many of us are distracted with the corona. I mean, you got too many people that are so focused and so scared and buying into all the hysteria and unnecessary drama that's being spewed. Um, it's, it's, it's absurd. I mean, you know, more people, um, and I, I, we're making Corona the main headline tonight. So I'm, I'll get into the, all the Corona points here uh, shortly after I just get, you know, get into this other stuff. And as usual, once I get to everybody on the panel, please share your opinions, whatever your thoughts are. Uh, it always, uh, you know, attracts great, uh, conversation. We're always so well engaged and, uh, you know, the chemistry is just, it's perfect. Okay. Uh, let's start. So, um, um, uh, let's see. Okay. So I'll start out with this. You know, there's been a lot of talk, um, these last couple days, um, the, the, the subject of insider trading, uh, a guy named Richard, was it Richard Burr? Yeah, Richard Burr out of North Carolina. Um, and, 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 and people can look at this from every sort of angle, I guess, because if you want to really get into the logistics and, and the, the, you know, the, the real uh, seriousness and, and, and how and the reality of how long this has been going on in Washington, it, it's been going on forever. You know, why all of a sudden are you just going to make a huge, huge headline about it? Chuck Schumer's been guilty of it. Nancy Pelosi has been guilty of it. I'm sure Adam Schiff has been guilty of it. All these people are doing insider trading. They're all informed. They're all getting, you know, that, that word uh, from people that, you know, the everyday citizen, you know, can't communicate with. You know, all, whether it's donors, whether it's special interests, whether it's um, – you know, whoever it may be. I mean, these people, you know, they have, they have the first scoop. There's a reason why once they get elected to office, you know, they go in there with nothing and they, they come out with hundreds of millions sometimes. I mean, look at Nancy Pelosi. What is her salary? Only like a couple hundred thousand a year and she's worth like $300 million. She obviously got that. I mean, there's various ways she earned, probably oversees dealings. A lot of it from, you know, stock options, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, getting, getting to the, getting to the whole, um, you know, just, just what this, what, what's really going on here. I, I, I don't, I don't accept it. I, I don't, I don't enable it. I don't think it's okay for anyone to do it, but if you're going to let one person and multiple people get away with it, then why are you going to try to go after, you know, that, that, and target people based off of, of choice? and not off the rule of law. You know, it, it's almost like, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to say this is uh, any, anything to do with politics at this point. I mean, I, I mean obviously, in a way it is, because the Democrats want to, you know, take down Republicans at every, every single cost. But, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, a lot of people, sadly, uh, don't get caught. Uh, a lot of people never have to face the music. Um, but, you know, we obviously have way bigger fish to fry. 
There's way bigger things going on in the world. And this is a distraction. I mean, you know, what, why, why, why is this coming out, you know, now? I, I'm sure if you, if you did it once, Burr, I'm sure you did it uh, hundreds of other times. You don't just go do it once. Same with all these other politicians. And I guarantee you, and I've talked about this on my show many times, we need to audit these people. We need to see these people's tax returns. You know, I don't give a fuck about a billionaire's tax returns like Donald Trump. He earned that money. He built his business from the ground up. He made his empire skyrocket. I want to know these people that are supposed to be working for us. I want to know. I want them to show their financials because then you're really going to see a lot of uh, evil shit. I bet you 80% of these people are guilty of some sort of insider trading. There's no way they couldn't be. Do you know how, how much in bed majority of these politicians are with Wall Street? Why do you think the Wall Street bailout happened? Why do you think Wall Street always gets these special perks and these, lo- I mean, these loans and all these different this assistance financially? I mean, this, this has been going on for a long time. Wall Street is one of those entities that pretty much, in a lot of ways, controls America. Think about it. Think about all the money that's dumped in there. Think about, you know, and, and I talk about this quite a bit. You know, it's places like Hollywood, Wall Street, um, World Bank, Federal Reserve, all these places. You know, they have they have a uh, a connection. They definitely do. You know, and, and this whole, you know, it, you know, what other people can do it, and the media doesn't say a damn thing. But then, you know, a Republican does it, and then it's the end of the world. It's bloody murder. And the media is very aware that people like Chuck Schumer and all these other Democrats have been, do, have been playing this game for many, many years with insider trading. Do you actually think politicians would keep – I mean, they, there's a reason why they want to keep running for reelection and why they want to keep staying in there. You know, everything, you know, think about the relief they get. Think about everything the taxpayers cover for them. They're traveling, their food, you know, and, and I just, I, I don't like how in so many years we've built up this huge swamp and, um, you know, it, it, hasn't, it hasn't been about the people. And, you know, I, I'm not saying Burr's a, Burr's a bad guy. He's done some good things, but I, I, I think he is a rhino in certain aspects. I don't, I don't think he's full on conservative. Um, but, but guys, I mean, you, you know, you look at all these people, look at like, I'm going to give an example. I mean, this is kind of an off-topic example, but look at people like Al Sharpton. They owe, he owes like, what, six or, six or seven million in taxes, and nobody says a damn thing. And look at, you know, and look at what they did to Martha Stewart. Look at what they did to Martha Stewart. And, and if you want to ask me in reality, if people want to go look at the Martha Stewart story, you know, I, I think she did much less than any of these politicians have ever done with insider trading. And jail time, Eh, I would say it would have been, in my opinion, debatable in her in her case. I, I think you know she was um, was set up in certain ways, and I'm not a Martha Stewart fan in any way possible. But I think there's a lot of people that get caught up uh, at the wrong time. Yeah, but it's 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 all it's all you know backwards. It's all not it's all not straight. It's all you know unethical. Uh, you know the, these these markets and, and how majority of these politicians have all this information ahead of time it really is so something needs to be done about it um you know i don't want to tell people how to live their life i think capitalism is one of the greatest things but you know if you're if you're going to washington to work for us and uh, you're trying to you know get yourself rich on the side you know i i i I kind of have an issue with that because that that's not why you're there 
you know, if you had your own business and you, you know, you were doing, you know, whatever, then that more power to you. It's the American dream, baby. But, uh, you know, it's very simple, guys. Very simple. Um, okay, uh, let's go to uh, – here's something that's uh, really, you know, <laughs> this is sad and pathetic. So Joe Biden, I mean, th- this, is the, this is the Democrats' nominee. This is who they're picking to run their show. This is who they're picking with a serious – that he's going to lead them across the finish line. Uh, Trump is going to stomp his face into the ground. He's going to wipe the floor uh, with Joe Biden. I mean, this guy, can you imagine when the debates come? Can you imagine, you know, Biden's so slow. He's like, uh, uh, can't even remember what state he's in. He slurs every other word. Um, He said a couple weeks ago that he thinks he's running for the United States Senate. Look how quick Trump is. Look how Trump comes back with, you know, a fact or, or a sentence within one second. It takes Biden a damn minute, you know, uh, and just with how everything, uh, with all the accomplishments Trump's, you know, uh, achieved and given us 80% of his promises within three years. Think about that. 80% of his promises within three years. Most presidents don't even give 10% of promises after eight years. You know, by far the greatest president ever. And, you know, Joe Biden is, you know, acting like this, this moderate, but in, in, in reality, he's, uh, he belongs in a nursing home and he's not he, a moderate. He's taken on the far left radical communist agenda. And, uh, you know, if I was a, if I was the democratic party right now, I would be very concerned there. There's no motivation for somebody like Joe Biden. It's not like the Obama appeal. You know, I never liked Barack Hussein, white mama, Obama. Um, but, uh, he could speak well. That's why People were so drawn to him. That's why people, you know, went out and voted for him. People actually, you know, they were mesmerized by him because, he, you know, and believe it or not, when he first started speaking back before he got elected, you know, I I, I was never a fan. But I'm like, well, maybe, like Trump said, maybe he could be a good cheerleader for the country and do something good. But all he did was take us back to the 60s. He made it worse than the civil rights era. Whether, whether it was the war on cops or the race baiting or, you know, all, all this different crap. But I don't want to get too off topic. But Joe Biden, you know, he, he's been missing for eight days. They can't find him. I mean, they can find him. His people, his campaign is trying to, you know, dis, dis, distancing him from the camera because all the, all the gaps, all the mistakes, all the different errors that he keeps making looking like a fool. I mean, and it's. You know, at this point, it's really sad, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to actually um, not even find it funny anymore. If you look at the guy's health and if you look at the guy, how he walks and how he portrays himself and how he comes off and just how he's very deshuffled, extremely. You know, he's getting to that age of early out. There's no doubt about it. You know, he, and he's forgetful. He's, he's forgetful. He, and he's, he was trying to say, I think he made some idiotic statement a couple months ago that he was – you know, I, I, God, it's, but no, I, I don't remember exactly off the top of my head what it was. It's been so many different things. Don't forget about when he claims he fought the gang member, Corn Pop. Remember Corn Pop? Just these ridiculous stories and then how the kids would come play with his hairy legs. And uh, then, uh, you know, it's like, where do you get this stuff? Like, what? And, and that's supposed to, 
that's supposed to get people to run to, to support you, you know, and, and, uh, you know, they're ruined. They're, they're screwing over Bernie. They're totally screwing Bernie. They, they, they may, they, they, you know, and I'm not a Bernie supporter, uh, but let's face the facts here. Bernie was way more popular than Hillary in 2016, had way bigger crowd sizes, way bigger. Uh, but they, you know, they kept it away from him. They did not, you know, they, they, like, like they tried to do to Trump. They did try to do it to Trump. They tried to take the nomino- nomination away from Trump. But the difference between Bernie and Trump is Trump actually has balls, and he wasn't going to let that happen. Bernie, for some reason, always caves. You know, he's always been firm on his beliefs, but he always caves. You know, Hillary paid him in 2016, I'm sure, dropped out, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's, I mean, come on, guys. And, um, you know, anyways, I got in a fight. Well, not, I wouldn't say a fight, but an argument uh, with an anti-Trumper. And then I showed, I showed the screenshots on my Facebook and Instagram story over the weekend. But Joe Walsh, a uh, guy ran for president. I, uh, he dropped out recently, didn't even get, I don't think, 1% in the polls. I believe it or not, he used to be a big Trump supporter. I was a fan of Joe Walsh for the longest time. Big Second Amendment advocate. Big, um, you know, just just conservative in every single way you'd want you'd want somebody to be it. But one day, one weird day, he he changes. He changes and and starts attacking Trump and starts making all these assumptions and and and, and all these accusations. And it's and it's like you're he. You can't help but to think that he's getting paid. Why all of a sudden? You know, and, and I really believe it's people like Bill, somebody that Joe Walsh is heavily involved with. Bill Crystal hates Trump. There's a lot of anti-Trumpers. Um, but anyways, long story short, I, I, I've gotten a back and forth with Joe Walsh over, over, the, over the weekend. And I told him, I said, Joe, why one day were you the biggest Trump supporter on your Twitter and the next you're bashing the guy and telling everybody how he's Hitler and how he's evil? I said, who's paying you, Joe? Uh, this, this, this stuff isn't, you know, just out of the ordinary. There's something going on here. And he's like, nobody's paying me, my friend. Buy my book and read my real story, blah, 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 trying to promote himself. You know, he ran for president, you know, got le- less than 1% in the primary. You know, I guess that's somewhat of a good way to get your name out there for the temp- for, you know, temporarily. I mean, nobody's going to remember this guy in a year. I mean, he was a one-term congressman. But, but, and then he tries to go on and say, well, and I tell him, you know, you know Trump's going to win by a landslide in 2020, right? I mean, we've never seen anybody get these crowd sizes. He gets the crowd sizes of U2, of Super Bowl. Uh, people camp out 48 hours before. And then Wal- Joe Walsh has the nerve to say, oh, well, Bernie got the same crowd sizes, and they still rigged it for Joe Biden. Joe Biden's going to kick Trump's ass. Well, first of all, Bernie supporters start lining up about an you know, I'd say three or four hours before. Trump supporters line up 48 hours before. Bernie supporters have a fraction of the, the crowd size. Bernie supporters, you know, may fill up a, a high school gym, which is a couple thousand. But Trump supporters fill up NBA stadiums. They fill up NFL, NBA arena, you know, all this stuff. NBA arenas, NFL stadiums. It's no joke. This is a movement like never before. When have you ever seen any leader have fans camping out two days before in tents? And you're going to try to tell me a guy that can't even count to four or remember which state he's in, Sleepy Joe, is going to beat a guy that gets crowd sizes of 100,000. Because don't forget, Trump will sell out a football stadium, 50 to 60,000, then he'll have 40,000 outside. Biden can't even get three, 
100 or 200 people at his rally. So, you know, if I were the Democrats, I mean, I don't know what their options are. I've never been a fan of the, the Democrats. But I've always said at least they were a party at one point of substance. They had policy. They weren't about division and hate and hostility and, you know, trying to block everything that wasn't a win for them. So, you know, obviously they know Joe Biden is my best, my best assumption here, my best guess. Biden is an easy puppet for them. They can, they can play with him. They can tell him what to do. They can't really do that with Bernie because Bernie is the outsider candidate, and that's, I think, why there's such a strong appeal uh, from these far leftists with, with Bernie because he's not part of the DNC establishment. So it's going to be interesting, guys. But, I, you know, the main, obviously the main headline here was just Biden missing, I mean, in terms of not doing interviews for the last eight days. I mean, can you imagine if Trump went away for eight days, didn't say a word? Uh, Trump's out there every second of every day talking to the camera, giving as much transparency as anybody could ever give. You can't ask for anything, you know, more clear. It's, it's crazy. And, and, you know, it just goes all goes to show how, you know, the media wants to call Joe Biden this amazing candidate and how, how, how brilliant and how knowledgeable and how talented his resume is from his 40 years in Washington. Really, what has he done? Because I go back and I look and I can't see any bill that Joe Biden has, has ever passed that has been constructive. Don't ever forget. He was responsible for the um, uh, gun-free zones, the, the, basically the invitation to have a bad guy go into an area where a good guy at the law and is defenseless. Criminals don't follow laws. Millions of guns are never going to leave the streets. And he was also part of the Clinton crime bill. Never forget that, where it incarcerated, mil- I don't know if it was millions of blacks, but lots. Actually, yeah, it was millions of blacks. And, you know, just added to the black community crime and made, and and this is what they do. They add these problems so they get these people to vote for them. And then after they, you know, do whatever they do to get them into trouble, then they say, oh, we'll get you out of jail and then we'll get you welfare. We'll take care of you. We'll give you a little bit of money so you keep coming back. It's the biggest dog pony show I've ever seen. Uh, Okay, let's see here. So this, okay, so everybody's been bitching about the stock market. You know, I've bought and lost in the stock market. We all, I'm sure a lot of people on the line have a lot in the stock market. It's been down, you know, the last couple of days. Um, it went back up today, more than 2,000 points. Uh, the best single day, again, since 1933, best single day. And you don't hear the liberal media talking about that. All you heard them talking about, the mainstream media, which is 97% controlled by Democrats, all you heard them talk about is how bad the stock market is, how we're going into the next recession, how everything's going to crash, how, how we're all going to lose everything. It's going to be 2008 all over. I mean, the fear-mongering, and the, you know, there should be some sort of penalty. I don't want communist China to, you know, take away free speech, but don't allow these journalists to say whatever the hell they want. Uh, just because, you know, they're on TV. You know, speak the news. Speak what you're fucking paid to do. Stop acting like a fucking jackass. Seriously. And, and you're getting called out, and I love how Trump is calling all of you out in these press conferences. Oh, he's, he's, and he is. And you know what? You know, it's funny, and, and, and it's all part of the game. We get it. You know, you'll have these mainstream media bosses every single day tell their workers, all right, so this is what we're going to do today. You're going to go in there. You're going to, you know, ask Trump 
a, a question that's going to make him mad. He's going to retaliate, and it's going to be good, good footage for us. And it's going to, you know, try to trick the American people. That, that's, that's pretty much what their mindset is. It's sick, sick, sick times. So while we're all distracted with the coronavirus, Victoria's Secret is uh, pursuing and putting forth a campaign for plus-size models, chicks with dicks, trannies. They're pushing the tranny agenda, plus-size. Chicks with dicks, baby. They're, get, they're doing it. They're doing it. They're, try, they're trying to see who will all, uh, you know, and if you don't, if you don't accept it, if, you do, if you're not okay with it, remember what they'll call you. They'll call you a bigot. They'll call you hateful. They'll call you a Nazi. They'll play that whole equality card bullshit. Well, they'll say, oh, oh, my God, we're all equal. Oh, he should be. No, we're not all equal. I'm not Michael Jordan. I'm not Ken Griffey Jr. We all have our own talents. Some of us are prettier than others. You know, it, it just, you know, come on, guys. You know, it, just like what, that's what these politicians have indoctrinated into these kids, into these people, into these various institutions. They, you know, it, whether it's the left, whether it's, you know, think about the, the, the war on these universities. I mean, the universities are at all-time war because, you know, it's not about learning anymore or about teaching. It's about these professors, these socialist professors, wanting everybody to obey and abide and, and learn based off what they believe. And this is what parents are wasting their money on. And this is why there's so many idiots, you know, going to college these days. I see, I see so many morons, you know, out there come out with useless degrees. And I would say probably 70% of degrees in today's society are absolutely worthless. You know, you've got to go to college, be a doctor, be a lawyer. You know, there's certain things that you need those credentials and those, you know, uh, that, that background for. But to be successful, to make a lot of money, to be a, a, a serial entrepreneur, the, the la- in, in, in my strong opinion, it, I think it's a, it's a waste. Because think about the student debt. Think about all the debt these kids are in that pursued a business degree. I mean, what the hell are you guys doing? Look at every outlet online where you can go start your own business today and make a fortune. I've made a ton of money on my mobile app company. We build apps. And, you know, apps are the future. Everybody needs an app. I mean, that's how smartphones are operating these days. You don't see anybody on their Internet browser on their phones anymore. It's all apps. You know why? Because it's user-friendly. It's it's easy in, easy out. You know, you don't have to press a lot of buttons. You don't have to, you know, people, people want quickness. People want convenience. People want that. And, you know, being on the radio. I've made a career being on the radio. Didn't have to go to college for that. I've been successful in real estate. Didn't have to go to college for that. But, you know, I, I don't want to get too off topic here. This whole indoctrination of the transgender thing, of the war on Christianity, you know, you know, they, they want to say, the left wants to say they're the people of reason. They're the people that um, are always going to stick up for the, 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 the you know, the, the, the younger, the, the lower person, the, the person that's less fortunate. Well, uh, it's actually the opposite. You know, if you don't agree with them, they will come after you. They'll come after your family, your friends. Uh, they'll get violent. They'll get aggressive 
and, uh, you know, they'll try to tell you that you're insane. And here's, here's how they gain their base. This is how they get powerful. They try to make all these different boxes. It's like the hundred different genders, the trannies, um, you know, the gays, uh, the lesbos, um, all these things. So, so, you know, and then you can say, oh, well, non-binary, uh, non-pronoun. Like, what the fuck does this even mean? Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's politics. It's pure politics. It's not about a human being. Do you think a freaking little child at four years old knows whether he wants to have a dick or a vagina? I mean, come on. And that's another, that's a bad one that's going on. You've got them indoctrinating children, telling them that they can be transgenders, they can switch their sex, their, their sexual, you know, uh, identity. They can go to all these drag queen story hours, you know, and all these, oh, my God, it's sick. And, you know, they push their agenda slowly but surely. They get a little past one by one at a time. You know, first it was gay marriage, which I don't really give a shit about. Let them be happy like everybody else. Just keep it out of the church. Um, you know, if you want to pay, if you want to make money, uh, you know, for our, for our economy and give back, absolutely. You know, it, you know, it, it definitely is an economical thing in my eyes. And, you know, I think they should be free. But that, that, that's, that's one thing. But then you go to all these other extremes. And uh, it's just out of control, guys. It's out of control. And, and Victoria's Secret, you know, going back to what I said earlier about the plus-size models and the chicks with dicks and, you know, the, the, uh, all this shit. Victoria's Secret's not the first company to do it. Think about Everlast, the boxing company, Sports Illustrated. All these mainstream are, are trying to play this whole PC culture uh, crap that, is only feeding people's minds the wrong thing and brainwashing and totally goes against uh, what America was founded upon, our principal values, our signature morals. Totally unethical. You got, you know, why? And here's my, here's my thing. If you guys want to be happy, if you guys want to be left alone, if you guys want to live your life, then why the hell do you always make it our business? Why do you always feel the need to say that you're gay or that you're a tranny or that, you know, you like this or you like that? I don't go through my daily life thinking about you. I don't care. Just enough. Just shut up. It's like, dude, we have enough bigger problems, and we're talking about gender reassignment surgery with taxpayer dollars. This is how stupid America has become. And then you've got all these whores and these sluts who don't sexually, you know, aren't sexually responsible and are reckless and are fucking sloppy and smelly and vile, and they go get pregnant, and then they think they can go get an abortion at 30, 40 weeks, like a bunch of slobs. What are we teaching society, guys? Oh, my God, I know I get on these rants, but goddamn. Jesus Christ. And, you know, and this is how money is made. Think about it. When you have all these social justice warrior groups, when you have Black Lives Matter, when you have all these chicks with dicks groups, all these tranny, all these gay groups, all these different groups, whatever they may be, playing the victim, saying how oppressed they are, saying how they're special, saying how they need all these, you know, these safe spaces, you create those, and then the people in charge, are just sitting back laughing because it's causing all this division. Think about people like George Soros. Think about all these people that are funding these these groups. It's a moneymaker. It's not about doing what's right. It's not about caring about people. 
it's all about political pawns. Um, okay. Uh, Jesus Christ, everybody. Okay. Uh, you know, this is, this is, um, get into the Corona thing. There's so much Corona. I mean, Corona pretty much takes up the entire, uh, show tonight. First of all, I'm going to start by saying President Trump has received a 60%, 60% approval rating from Gallup for his handling of the coronavirus. I mean, absolutely, absolutely well-deserved. I think it should be a hell of a lot more than that. And we all know how reliable and accurate and honest Gallup is. It's a great poll. Uh, one, of the, one of the most uh, realistic in, in these past few elections. But, yeah, you know, look how he comes out every day, look at full transparency, gives, answers every single question, whether it's malicious or not from these reporters. You know, not scared of anything. Uh, he'll walk right up to anybody, tell them how it is, tell them how he feels. He'll tell people to take a walk. You know, uh, and, he's, and he's giving us all the questions that have ever, in terms of, you know, the health information, in terms of, you know, just the, the, the crisis, uh, he shut everything down immediately, you know, within a day. Remember that. Within, or I, even within a few hours of this corona thing getting out of control, he shut it, the, everything down. Obama, when the whole swine flu thing happened, oh, it took Obama a month to even react, and the mainstream media coddled Obama and said Obama's doing all these great things, but Trump does, takes action within a few hours, and Trump's the enemy. You know, I, Trump is ordering all, these, all this equipment, you know, working with New York, working with Washington, working with California, the three states where the, it's the most severe. Um, and even these Democrat governors have came out and gave credit where it's due and said, he's doing everything we've asked. We can't, uh, we can't complain. And uh, even the mainstream media is having a hard time uh, spinning that scenario. But, you know, guys, I mean, think about everything he has to endure. I mean, you know, uh, and having the greatest economy, the lowest black unemployment, lowest Asian, lowest female, lowest, lowest Hispanic, you know, all that. Greatest stock market numbers for the longest time. I mean, we, we, we were living in the greatest ever. And then China maliciously, and we know this because China admitted, their media admitted that the virus was purposely, um, purposely let out there. Researchers even said 95% of the virus could have been contained and controlled, but China was reckless and they didn't care. And they were trying to send a message to President Trump because he just beat them in the trade war and no leader has ever beat China. China has, has the worst economy in 50 years. They are worse off now. I mean, you can't even, you can't even make something like this up. Go look at the numbers. If you don't believe me, it's bad over there. It is really, really bad in, in China. I mean, these, these people, um, and, and how dare they, you know, and it's, go, it's not only going to the U.S. And, and it's going to Italy. It's going, you know, Italy's really bad. And, uh, but, this, you know, think about the elites. Think about the billionaires. Think about the pharmaceuticals. You know, and I talk about this on my show all the time. People like Bill Gates, people like, Jeff Bezos, people like George Soros, they go test these vaccinations over in foreign countries, you know, where it's kind of more under the radar, and then they see if it works, and then when they do work, they bring them to America, 
and they make a shit ton of money on the back end from pharmaceuticals. And pharmaceuticals are absolutely in bed with so much of these foreign nations. Bill Gates has so much ties to China. I'm not saying Bill Gates is directly responsible, but he's one of the people uh, among hundreds that uh, are backing this. There's, I mean, think about all the resignations uh, this past, these past 30 days. I announced them on my show last week. There's been almost 100 resignations from some of the biggest companies in America. And I'm not kidding. And these are all people that have had ties to vaccines and to foreign entities. So, you know, and I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I don't like to be that. I just like to kind of state things as I see them. But something does not smell right. Look at the timing. Look at what Bill Gates said years ago about um, the next thing that will affect America. It's going to be a virus. I mean, he, he's, it's not the only thing he said. And he just, he just freaking suddenly after the corona breakout, he resigns from Microsoft and Berkshire Hathaway. And then – uh, LinkedIn CEO stepped down. Um, I got the list here. Give me, give me a second, guys. Let me read some of these names just so I can – I already did it on Thursday, but I'll do it again. Um, hold on a second. I'm trying to find it. Mm. Now, I'll, get, I'll get it here after, after the break. Um, or once I call on somebody, I'll go through my phone and get it. I, I have the whole list, though. It's a lot of people. But it's just, you know, this, this stuff doesn't just happen. Did AIDS just happen? Hell no. It was all planned, all part of the New World Order, all part of disrupting and decreasing population. And think about, like, I'm reading right now, over in France, Macron, he seized a bunch of products that were going to go help a bunch of people. And Macron is one of those left-wing communists where, and, and I'm, I'm just, I'm not trying to just give Macron as the only example. There's so many people like this, but it goes, it goes to show how crooked these governments are. There was a bunch of medical products about to go help people in France that were getting infected with Corona. And Macron had the, the, the truck with the, with the equipment seized. It's the same kind of shit with Venezuela when, Food was getting seized that were trying to feed people that were living in socialism. I mean, these sort of things have a pattern. The decreasing of population, I believe, has been part of a plan, uh, you know, in our system for the longest time. There's no doubt about it. You know, they, they, these people, they don't care about us, a lot of these people in power. Uh, but going back to what Trump, you know, all these press conferences every single day out there for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, just so calm, so collective, you know, so, so, so much transparency, you know, giving, just, just giving his full attention. And I've always said this, the reason Trump has done so good in business and he's so successful is because he has a way with people. And that's why we have the greatest country and the greatest economy and the greatest thing we've ever had under his leadership, because you have a guy who put everything on the line. You know, he didn't need to do this. He had a billionaire lifestyle that was absolutely amazing. He had, you know, he had everything he could have ever wanted. He had everything. Except one day and says, oh, I want to do that just for fun, especially if they're a billionaire. You know, I mean, I guess there's exceptions. You know, Bloomberg knew, knew he never had a chance. That's why, you know, there's certain people that put their, you know, hats in the race because they know that's not going anywhere. But you know, I think Trump knew that he could really win. And, you know, I mean, look at Mar-a-Lago. Look at everything that he left behind to save us. 
to to give his brilliance and to and to, to give his strategies and to, to share his his strength and his wisdom. I mean, it's it really is a beautiful thing to watch. Um, you know, the private sector has done a great job uh, through this entire Corona situation. Uh, President Trump has been praising them nonstop. We see a lot of these small businesses who are offering to manufacture masks, ventilators, whatever, whatever it may be. So, you know, I really love to see the unity and how we're all coming together. And, you know, it's really sending a strong message to, um, uh, to what, to what needs to happen. Um, so the national guard now is now activated in Washington state, my home state, um, California, and um, fuck. Oh, Washington State, California, and New York. So, I mean, it, it's serious. I mean, they, they're on lockdown. There's no playing around. You know, when you and I, and I absolutely applaud President Trump for this. You need to have this. You know, these, these are where the most cases are, and this is how you tame it. This is how you control it. This is how you really, um, you know, um, put it in check. You know, we don't want people crossing state lines. We don't want, you know, Arizona, where I live, very small amount of cases. I, you know, we don't, we don't really have much to worry about. And we want to keep it that way. <laughs> we really do. So uh, good job, Trump, taking action on this. Um, everybody can be very relieved and happy. Uh, the tax deadline will now extend to July 15th. So people bitching about, oh, taxes in April, April. No, you guys got extra time. This is no, nobody's fault. It's Trump's, um, you know, and, and then he didn't have to do that either. He did not have to do that, but he did because he's a good guy and uh, he's probably the most reasonable person we've ever had in Washington. Uh, let's see here. So Pelosi's all over the damn place. I mean, that tweaky, that, that tweaker, I mean, that drunk, that sloppy. Oh my God. I mean, just what a, Freaking loser. You know, she really makes you, oh, man, she makes people angry. I'll tell you, you know, just, uh, you know, I don't want to use the C word on there, but uh, there was, uh, you know, somebody to direct that towards, uh, you know, you know what I mean. But, no, I, this, is, this is absolutely, um, it's all over the place. You know, she wants. And, and, and she did this in a – she tried to sneak this in. And let me remind you, the Republicans have been the voice of reason for the last couple of days trying to pass a bill so America can get back to work and we can st- – and, and everybody, I mean, you know, the people that need it, the people that are struggling. I'm fine. I'll, you know, there's a lot of people that are fine, but there's a lot of people that aren't fine. There's a lot of people that are struggling. And, you know, this bill, uh, you know, they tried to do it twice times, the Democrats maliciously struck it down because it didn't have their leftist agenda attached to it. You know, it's pure partisan politics. It's not about caring for the people. Uh, Pelosi, uh, let's see, what did she try to put in there? She tried to put uh, a ballast harvesting. Oh, yeah, that's one of the things. Ballast harvesting. Think about that. For the 2020 election, they want us to send, this is what she wants, send your ballot in. We'll take care of it. And other or other people can drop it off for you. Oh yeah, yeah. That that that's real secure. That's real smart. That's real intelligent. Considering all the, the problems and situations we've had with voter fraud, I mean, we need legislation against voter fraud. We don't need more voter fraud. 
Can you imagine how easy it would be for Democrats to rig an election if they mailed in ballots? If we were, no, if voters were mailing in stuff, I mean, come on. It, like, and they control the system. Think about the majority behind the closed doors, the dark donors, the dirty money, the elites, mostly Democrats. And they have access to, like we've seen in many reports, and it's true, dead people voting, felons voting, illegals voting. You know, they, whatever way they can find to gain power, they will. And they can't win honest elections, which is why they have to, you know, go down these uh, dirty roads. Pelosi also tried to get $300 million to foreign refugees. You know, and this, this is why Washington is the dirtiest place on the face of the earth. This snake, this slob, this sloppy twat tried to put all these things in a bill. This is what I'm saying about politicians without telling, you know, the other side. I'm sure a lot of Democrats knew what she was doing. And, you know, they were hoping that, you know, because believe it or not, these are big, big books. The, the, the legislation, you know, when you're passing something, it's hundreds of pages. You could squeeze a couple sentences in there, a few little paragraphs, and somebody could read right by it. I mean, these people, they, they, like, to, they like to be clever. They like to be slick. It's a dirty, dirty thing. But $300 million to foreign refugees. We can't even take care of our own economy right now. We can't even take care of our own veterans, our own people uh, with, with this corona thing. But you want to give $300 million to people that don't belong in this country? You know, it's one thing if you come here the right way and do it legally, but they want to give this to people that just walk across the border. Anyone. Just, it doesn't matter who they are. And what a slap in the face to all the people that wait in line. Pelosi wanted to do. Uh, she's tried to slip amnesty for all DACA illegal aliens. All of them. All of them. She, that's another thing. This is what I'm talking about. This is why these... The, this is why Washington is so, has been piled up for so long with a huge swamp. It's all these dirty little things that have been put in bills. Think about how many bills they passed in Washington ever since it came into, into existence. And once you do that damage, it sticks and it stays. I mean, you can get rid and diminish some of it, but in a lot of ways, just like people in our government, you can get rid of a lot of them, but there's still going to be those bad people still there and it's never going to go away, you know? Um, Let's see here. Um, so New York, I mean, I, I'm reading today, and this is absolutely mind-blowing. New York has 20,000 cases of corona. 20,000 cases, guys. I mean, you talk about just – and people new, – new, and it's, you know, it, it's, people aren't listening. A lot, a lot of people aren't listening, and that's why all bars and restaurants now, for the most part, are closed, only takeout, only essentials, only go to the grocery store, only go to the doctor, only go where you need to go. Don't go out and bang a bunch of hookers. Don't go out and party. Don't go out and do a bunch of, you know, crazy shit, you know, where, where you're just putting yourself and others in harm's way. You know, I mean, come on. You know, it, it, just be nice. Be, be, don't be selfish. You're, you're going to take a disease home to one of your, maybe you may be young, you may be full of energy, but elderly people are not. You're going to get around the wrong person. They're going to get infected. And then it just keeps carrying on. And then eventually, you know, this is how it works. Very true, you know. Um, but yeah, guys, I, you know, I, I'm sick of these people. I'm sick of these people that don't have any consideration for others. And they're just going out there and being reckless, like the Florida Spring Breakers. Oh, my God, just a bunch of 
wow. I mean, you had people out of their minds, you know, on drugs, you know, everything, fucking, you know, sluts making that, you know, their father's proud, you know, just, just, the, just the belligerence, just the, just everything that, oh, my God. And, and you would have thought Florida, you know, would have done something with law enforcement to get these people off. But there were multiple people infected. After this came out, these videos, once the trip was over, they reported all the people infected. And these people were so ignorant that beforehand they said they weren't worried about it and they weren't going to let it get in the way of their spring break. So they want to risk other people's lives so they can go out. Uh, dude, I'm all for fun. I love fun. I love, I love, I love, you know, partying's great. Go out and do whatever you got to do. Do what makes you happy. But it's all about the time and place. I mean, come on, guys. Um, let's see here. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? So, uh, so China, you know, China keeps trying to, trying to say that, you know, that they've pretty much tamed the coronavirus at this point and that there hasn't been any new situations. Well, th- that's what the mainstream media is trying to report to you. But in reality, China stopped ca- counting cases in February. There was a new report out today. They're not counting anymore. They, they, you know, they, they, they just basically let it go and let it slide, and, you know, they're letting their people die. It's not a surprise. I mean, it's communist China. People have been dying there for, for as long as we can ever remember. You know, so, I mean, what, you know, it, it's, and Italy's really bad. I mean, Italy, uh, you know, they have the worst situation out of everyone right now. Um, and can you believe, guys, that the Democrats are actually blaming Trump for the coronavirus? They're saying it's his fault. They blame him for everything. They, uh, they blame him for things that, uh, you, know, I, I, you know, you can't make it up. It's like a twilight zone. It's like an alternate universe. You know, these people come up with some of the most ludicrous and, and, and mind-blowing n- narratives you could ever even think of. And, and Iran, I'm going to tell you this, Iran uh, really bad right now. Iran is really bad. They're reporting a death every 10 minutes. So, you know, people want to make this big hysteria and over, be over dramatic, and, and to compare USA with all these other countries. But what you guys fail to understand is these other countries don't have the medical care and professionals that we have. They don't have uh, the expertise. They they have a lot of issues and they're behind on a lot of things. That they're not as uh, sophisticated and talented and, and evolved as we are. If that makes any sense, guys. Um, last thing, and then I, we have a lot of guests to introduce, um, and then I'm, I'm, I want to get to this main corona thing, but uh, the World Health Organization, you talk about a corrupt entity. Uh, they, are, they were in bed with China. They, they knew about this China thing months ago. Uh, they, they weren't vocal about it, trying to get it out there. They weren't reporting it. Uh, they, they weren't making anything clear to anyone. They kind of just let it happen. They let it happen. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just, how can you do that? I mean, this, this is, this, these are the people in, these are the people we're talking about. These are the people that don't give a, a damn about humanity. They don't. They don't. And, you know, they, they're, you know, it's, I guess they're working with Trump and complying with Trump on various things. But guys, I mean, think about every, everything that they knew. They knew about what China was doing ahead of time. They did. 
They did. They did. Um, so corona, the, the last thing I want to mention about coronavirus, and this is absolutely insane and stupid, and, and this is bad leadership, but in Los Angeles, what they're doing with the homeless epidemic now, so we, we all know the homeless epidemic in L.A. has been terrible for so long, but now with the corona, they're putting all these homeless people in recreational centers all close together. What do you think that's going to do, people? It's not going to save them. It's going to create more people that get diagnosed. Do you think all these people are actually free of the coronavirus and healthy? No. California has some of the worst, most cases. And Gavin Newsom, I mean, this guy's off the – this guy's, a, you know, just a cocaine head fool. I mean, this guy, you know, he – and he's so pompous. These liberals are so pompous. You know, they, they, they think their shit don't stink. They, like, they don't – they don't care about anybody but themselves. It's sick, sick stuff. Um, I want to go to uh, – and we got a lot of people coming on tonight. We have uh, President Trump's former uh, personal assistant uh, and communications director at America First Action, Kelly Sadler. We also have world-famous speaker and best-selling author Ed Bradeau calling in. Uh, Dr. Edison Walters will be with us, talk show host, and best-selling author Ed Martin will be with us. Uh, along with U.S. congressional candidate from Florida, Joe Harding, will be with us. But first, I want to go to retired police chief and homicide detective, Michael Valsi. Michael, go ahead. Oh, Roy, that was quite an open. So I'll try to make it quick, and uh, I'll try to go through some stuff pretty fast. Congratulations on episode 250. Glad I could be a part of it. And also, congratulations on your conversation with Joe Walsh. Thanks for sending that to me. It was quite an interesting read. Uh, just remember this. Uh, those who are the loudest have the most to hide. Joe Walsh has something to hide, as do many others. He hit on something a minute ago. You know, the D's are notorious for blaming Trump for things they've done. I'm going to get into that here in a second. But I want to start with Pelosi. You know, she, she showed her true colors. She's destroyed the Democrats any hope they may have had, which I don't think was slim to start with. But she, she showed her true, true colors in this whole negotiation over this money. You hit on a few things. She also said that she wanted the airlines to lower the emission standards by 50%, uh, yeah, reduce their carbon emission by 50% by 2025, and also pushing for funding for Planned Parenthood. You can't tell me the public doesn't see through some of this stuff. They don't want the president to succeed. They want to delay the money because they want the public to suffer. Uh, I mean, it's obvious. It, it shows. I want to, I want to refresh uh, everybody's memory. Do you remember when this uh, Harvard professor was arrested for working with China? Turns out he was trying to smuggle, at the time he was arrested, 21 vials of some substance out of the United States into China. After they arrested him, they did some research and found out he was working at this bio lab in Wuhan since last September. Okay? And this will lead me to a point here in a minute. But I just found that quite interesting. You know, we know that the, the Democrats, the deep state, has been in bed with China for years. It's not something that's new. This didn't start just under Obama. This went back administration upon administration ago. And I think some of this stuff is starting to come to light. You know, there's been a, a plenty of suffering on the people already, as far as I'm concerned. 
Uh, and just a couple of notes. You mentioned uh, China and Italy. You know, I found it quite interesting that China all of a sudden has 21 million fewer cell phone users since this virus thing started. 21 million fewer cell phone uh, users. Wouldn't you think under emergency circumstances, people that didn't even have a cell phone might go out and get one? And then we know in certain places in China, you had, in order to find out whether you could leave your house, you had to have a, a smartphone to go to a certain location to scan a barcode, and it, it gave you a color, either red, uh, green, or yellow. It told you whether you could leave your house or what you could leave your house for or whether you were confined to your house. And to find 21 million fewer users tells me they're using this virus as a population control. Uh, that's just my thoughts on that. With regards to Italy, there's been some stories now, some articles I've read. You know, their numbers are really out of line and they're incorrect because they haven't distinguished between flu deaths, natural deaths, uh, people that just quit helping, as opposed to all specifically coronavirus deaths. So those numbers, to try to compare the United States to anything that's happened in China or Italy with, with any kind of respect to what kind of trend we may take in the United States, I think is totally ridiculous. Italy has socialized medicine. Elderly people are a burden on that system, okay? And in order to make that system work effectively, you gotta get rid of the elderly people. And they come, came right out and admitted here this week now that they're no longer going to care for people over 60, which proves my point. They've been not caring for people over 60 for a long time. So I, I just throw that out there for your listeners, and they can ponder what I just said. And I want to bring this point up really quick, too. You notice these Democrats, Hillary Clinton was one. There's been several others in the mainstream media begging for this test. They want this test that every person could just have and administer to themselves, right? Trump administration was well aware of this test, and that test would have been readily available. However, they also were aware that the test was tainted to provide a 80% false positive reading. So what did the Democrats want it to do? They wanted to create more panic. So you give this test to everybody, everybody, 80% of the people take it, test positive. Now you've got ultimate panic. The Trump administration was smart enough not to do that. So if you hear about individual testing or being able to go get a test kit yourself, it'll be something new. It won't be the one the Democrats are asking for. He's been ahead of them at every turn. Um, that brings me to the, the point that uh, they knew this virus was going to be released. You mentioned the World Health Organization, the deep state, and the Democrats have been in bed with them. They've been in bed with China. They knew this virus was coming. And I have proof for that. The proof is they rushed the impeachment. That impeachment just couldn't wait, could it? They knew something was coming. They had to get that impeachment out of the way. They had to make Biden the front runner in this race. So they get Klobuchar and they get Buttigieg to drop out. So they get their front runner, right? This has all been planned, planned in advance. They knew this was coming. 
You know, everything has failed. The Russia thing failed. Mueller failed. Ukraine failed. They failed to get the president's taxes. Everything they've thrown at this man has failed. This will fail, too. I promise you. You know, I found it interesting. He comes out with uh, hydroxychloroquine and also says it's far more effective if you use it with uh, azithromycin, which is the take ZPAC common name. Uh, the whole media, everybody just annihilated them for him. And then they came out, and every major news corporation ran this story that a guy and his wife drank aquarium cleaner and died because it had some form of this chloroquine, sulfuric chloroquine, in the aquarium cleaner. You have to read down eight paragraphs to find that it was aquarium cleaner in some of these articles. It's ridiculous. You know, the fake news is, it, Tucker Carlson said it. He said, their wokeness is killing the American people. It's killing them. You know, it's creating panic. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really destroying people. You know, and the fake news is out there. I have a buddy that owns a furniture store, and he calls me today, right? And he says, hey, look, uh, don't take any money. Uh, if the government sends you any money because you're going to have to pay it all back. I go, that's not true. That's not true. Where did you hear that? Oh, I heard that on a mainstream meet. I said, I told you before, quit listening to them. Then he says to me, and oh, those pills, they're designed to kill people. He said, that new drug he wants to, to give people. He said, it's designed to kill people. I said, no, it's not. I said, it's a proven cure. And I will tell you and your listeners, watch New York. Watch the cure rates start to happen. They just got this drug yesterday. Watch. Give it three, four, five days, and you're going to start to see how effective that drug is. The president knew this was coming. He knew that was the drug to stop it. Uh, he also said, uh, he asked me about these tests that I just told you were reading an 80% uh, false positive. And then, he, you know, the final thing was, well, Trump doesn't know what he's doing. That's the, that's, the, that's the opinion the media is putting out there to the people. And I think it's disgusting. You know, and I can't wait for the media to be dealt with. And I guarantee you they will be dealt, dealt with. With regards to this virus, you know, the, uh, you got to look at what the Democrats have been trying to accomplish. They ended the president's rallies, Right. They stopped the economic gains. They stopped the employment gains for the time being. They did they delayed a final trade deal with China, which they didn't want him to get credit for, right? They tried to weaken the president for 2020. And like I said, Pelosi saw to that. Uh, you saw the numbers on his handling of this virus. His popularity actually just went up a point. So they're not winning on any of those fronts. But let me tell you something that's done more effectively. It's sheltered Biden. It's exactly what it's done. Okay? He's out of the public eye. So he can't fumble and mumble and stumble and bumble, right? Because he's hidden. They also sheltered him from any debates that might happen with Bernie Sanders during this time. Okay? And then they pushed for their uh, their liberal narrative, all, all the things, their liberal agenda by the mail-in ballots, uh, the, uh, you know, the, uh, all these things 
that all tend to lead back to what their 16-year plan was. And if you're not familiar with the 16-year plan, I'll be glad to send it to you. The plan that the president found in the office that the Democrats 16 years to complete plan, which was going to be completed under eight years of Hillary had she won. So, you know, the Dems know that Biden is not capable of being a presidential candidate. They're well aware of that. Uh, just a couple other things. You know, there was that New York doctor now. He's already come out and praised Trump. He says he's treated 350 patients with this drug, and it's cured all of them. Now, there was a study before that, which was a relatively small study of 12 people, okay? The six people that took it were cured. Now, they had to find 12 volunteers. Then the six people that didn't recover, they gave them the drug, and they recovered. Then there was a study with 40 people. All those people recovered. And then there was a study with 100 people, and all those people recovered. And now you have this study with 350 patients by this doctor in New York, and all those people recovered. So, you know, and then just to wrap up, the uh, you know, the media has now started blackouts of uh, Trump's uh, coronavirus briefings. Uh, you knew that was coming because the people – the people in crisis turned to their leader. They elected a man that they thought could lead them through any crisis. And he's shown remarkability in that, in that uh, you know, his, his ability to do that. He's just been fantastic. And, you know, I'm not real fond of Dr. Fauci nor Dr. Bricks. I think if you look into their backgrounds, uh, I think uh, Dr. Fauci is a deep stater. I think Dr. Bricks was part of the uh, event 201 hosted by John Hopkins and uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, as you mentioned. You know, it's awful weird that they have a, a conference citing this main epidemic, pandemic that's going to happen, and it just happens to be the coronavirus, and this conference was back in October, just a few months before all this happened. And then Bill Gates resigns. Some of this stuff that they, it doesn't pass the smell test. So I was a little concerned about that, and I was going to bring that up last week on your show, and I don't think I know you got into it Thursday, but uh, right. I was going to bring that up because I uh, I found that quite disturbing when I when I saw that. And and to close on a on a high note, Rory, you know this virus. Even though it has affected some countries that are warm, and we re we really don't know, we really don't know what some of those countries like Indonesia, where it's pretty warm all all the time, we do know that this virus has trouble in transmission above 46 degrees and in bright sunlight. Ultraviolet rays from the sun kill the virus, which could account for why you don't have so many cases in Arizona being that you're so close to uh, other states where they do have the virus. Uh, so I'm looking for the fact that, you know, we're heading into spring. You know, even here in the Midwest, it's going to warm up into the 50s for like the next 11 days in a row with a couple of sunny days in there. That in and of itself should start start to, uh, to, to see, make this thing head on a downtrend, I believe. So with that, I know you have a lot of guests. I want to 
tell you again that I'm glad to be here on your 250th episode and uh, look forward to talking to you in the future. And uh, retired police chief and homicide detective, everybody, Michael Valsi, we always love your in- insight, your the value you bring to the show. Just just so amazing, man. Thank, thank you so much. And uh, stick around with us. We definitely got a lot more to get into. Um, I'm, I'm going to get to everybody on the panel. Um, I just want to say that I'm going to introduce um, right now, I believe we have with us, we have world, uh, hold on a second. We have talk show host and best-selling author Ed Martin calling in. And then right after, I will be introducing uh, President Trump's uh, former personal assistant, Kelly Sadler, uh, and also many more people on the line tonight, and I will get to everyone. I promise you, I'm very sorry about the delay. I did not think it was going to run, you know, um, it, it was going to be this, you know, slow tonight. I, I, I thought it would be much quicker pace, but um, give me a second. And, and part of it, you know, obviously was my long rant, guys, so I apologize uh, for that. You know, there were so many things I had to uh, address and get into. Uh, I want to make sure he's with us, though. Uh, Ed Martin, are you with us, buddy? That's selling yeah, off the yeah, great host. To, yeah, great to be with you, Rory. Thank you. Thanks very much. I appreciate your program, and I appreciate your fight, and uh, I, I enjoyed listening to the police chief there, too. I think, um, you know, the, one of the greatest things that this president has done for us is he's given us uh, sort of an organizing focus. You know, it doesn't mean we always agree with everything that happens. It doesn't mean that we don't agree, disagree amongst ourselves. But I think more than ever, we're empowered kind of to believe that we can make a difference and make our voices heard. And I appreciate yours. You know, I was watching today the kind of insanity of the media. Rachel Maddow is ranting and raving about oh, how the president. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, 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 and as she rants and raves about the president and disinformation campaign she's engaging in a disinformation campaign and you kind of look around you think this is like a saturday night live sketch you know it makes you you actually chuckle and say they're losing their minds but look i think we're at an incredible time you know the vigilance of the american patriots to make sure that we don't lose our liberties even as we fight this real you know problem i mean you're watching new york they mismanaged a whole bunch of stuff. Cuomo is trying desperately to look like a hero. He's loud. He's obnoxious. And his people are in deep trouble because he's not done a good job. So, you know, we, we have a lot of things we're watching. But I, again, I would say, you know, uh, Rory, one thing, I worked for the late Phyllis Schlafly, who was a big backer of Trump early. She was a big backer of Reagan early. She was in her early career. She sort of launched uh, Goldwater and the, and the conservative movement. But one of the things that she recognized starting early in uh, the 2000, right around uh, the end of 1999, was the threat of China. She'd written about China in the 70s and 80s, and in 1999, she really launched in that fight and fought George W. Bush and the Republicans as they let China in, uh, into what used to be called most favored nation status. And what she was saying has borne fruit, right? That the Chinese had control over our drug manufacturing, our supply chain, and we were, these aren't nice people. These are communists. So uh, a lot of sort of, I hate to sound like uh, Reverend Wright, but a lot of chickens are coming home to roost right now for the world. And it's because Trump has had the courage to take them on. So it's exciting and I'm glad to be with you. I love it. I love it. No, you're absolutely right. And, and Ed, it's your first time on the show, like I do with all my guests yeah. when they first come on the yep. program. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us how it all started for you. You have a pretty impressive <laughs> resume. Uh, you've uh, you've lived yeah. your life, man. Tell us. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Well, I guess, I, you know, I, I grew up actually not far from New York City, and uh, I kind of went off to, to make my life. And, I, you know, I kind of 
I, I, the Tea Party got me fired up and got heavily into politics back in 2009. I, I ran for Congress and lost in a Democrat seat by just a couple of thousand uh, votes. And I went on. I, I, I ran and took over the Republican Party in Missouri and then was on the RNC. When I was on the RNC, I did battle with Priebus and all the money guys because I saw the fraud that was there. You know, it was a, it was a racket then. It was a fundraising racket then. It, it is still in many ways uh, today. I think Trump has not been able to drain that swamp as much as some of us would like. But, um, you know, I, I, I fell into a chance to work for the late Phyllis Schlafly about five years ago, and I spent the last three years of her life. She backed Trump early, and so did I. And, um, you know, we just we wrote a book together. We did a bunch of different things. And it's been an extraordinary run. You know, I, I live now in Northern Virginia and I run the Phyllis Schlafly organizations. We have about four different organizations that cover politics and nonprofit work and some political work. And our, you know, our deal is we've never, ever sold out. We don't know. We don't owe any big corporations or any big donors. We're grassroots and we're so we're totally we don't need to be One nice to anybody because we yeah, well, I mean, I like to brag as Phyllis that did it, right? That's right. So, so we were we've been we whacked away on free trade and said it was a disaster for America for 25 years. We've been beating up China for 30 years. Uh, we take on the the education establishment, which is dominated by Republicans. You know, so it's um, I think it more than ever. You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer, Rory, that we're in a moment that's an extraordinary since the Tea Party and and since the bailouts and the stimulus, we're in this moment of what I call mass movements. And what we need to do is make clear to our colleagues, our, our fellow citizens, what's at stake. Because a lot of times we, you and me too, now I'm not I'm not blaming other people, saying us, we sometimes will pick the wrong thing to solve our problems. We're lurched towards solutions that are actually long term not good enough. So we gotta be leaders that and, and what Phyllis taught and I believe in, I think you do, is our founding documents locked us into a relationship that, that is so extraordinary in, in, in world history. And we got to just be careful to watch when they try to chip away at the Constitution and the found, you know, the rule of law and the Constitution holds us together. So it's, um, you know, it's a great group of people I work with. And we do, a lot, as you said, I do a lot of radio and TV as much as I can. I, I'm proud to say I was hired by CNN and fired within four months by, by CNN. I remember <laughs> I called, you'll love this, I called, Roger, I called Roger Stone and I said, Roger, CNN is offering me a contract to be a commentator. What should I do? And he said, take it. And he said, and get ready to be fired. I said, what do you mean? He said, they're going to fire you sooner or later. So pick up moment and get fired. And, and he was exactly right. You know, four months into it, I was fired, but they let me into the, big building up in uh, New York for about six months. And I saw the inner workings, which was extraordinary. So um, my thing, Rory, when I do hear your show and your callers and the people that are chiming in, I think what I believe more and more as I have for these last few years, this is a movement that's bigger than Trump. It's, it's bigger than any one of us. And it's a movement that's really capturing the best of America. And we have to fight through the confusion sometimes of, of the moment, you know, of, of diseases and of shit that goes on. Oh, pardon me. And, uh, and we have to uh, and stick to our <laughs> basics and stick together. And I think we've got, you know, really great things happening. So I'm excited. Uh, absolutely. So, man, I got a lot. Obviously, you know, you, you've lived. Wow. Wow. So where to start? So first of all, I want to ask you, so CNN, yep. I mean, you know, being in that atmosphere, yeah. you know, being, being up and close with the fake news and 
seeing how they do their day-to-day operations, that must be quite the scene. I mean, what kind of beans can you spill? Like, what kind of, you know, yeah, what, you what know, are some no, of the I mean, details? I could, I could tell, yeah, you know, it's great you asked me because I don't talk about it too much because people don't like, you know, they don't, they don't think to ask. It was extraordinary. I got hired, and they flew me up from St. Louis where I was living, and they'd fly me up every week from Tuesday through Friday usually, and I would do the evening shows for a full hour. I'd be on that second hour of Anderson Cooper's show. It used to be Anderson Cooper had two hours. The second hour is now a Chris Cuomo show, and I'd be on for a whole hour. But the rest of the day, I'd be working out of my uh, hotel room. But they gave me a CNN pass. So I could go into the big Time Warner building and I could go into any floor. So I'd wander around and I'd just see, meet people. I'd say, hey, what are you doing? And I got to know, I got to know Jeff Zucker. I got to know Don Lemon. I got all these guys. And, you know, many of them are worse in person than, than you expect. Like Zucker was worse in person. He's actually just sort of a total egomaniac and a, a, a lunatic, in, in, a, in an impressive way, a lunatic, like intense uh, Don Lemon is is actually nicer off the air. Chris Cuomo is a real he's a real tool off the air. I mean, Fredo is the perfect name for that guy. He's just a total he's like a total tool. Um, some of the uh, Anderson Cooper is like insanely shy. He, he, off the air, you, you the conversation with him is like painful. He's like a, a but but here's the thing you know you have to know is the whole place is in the Trump derangement syndrome. Now this was this was right after Trump had won, so they were sort of frothing. But it was but it was um, they really just don't even understand. It's like the air they breathe is liberal air. And so they're so surprised that there's any other position. And so it was it was fascinating. Here's one other thing I'll tell you, no matter what people say about CNN or cable TV, those guys print money. I mean, they had more money. They were spending money on stuff. They were cranking money. I know that their ratings are down. But that's like that's like a car dealer. I don't know if you know any car dealers. Car dealers always complain. They say, "Oh, sales are really bad." They still are buying boats and having you know second houses. I mean, they're still rich. They're just printing twenty dollar bills in their in their printing press instead of fifties. That's how cable TV was. Man, they had more money. They were dial testing every segment that we were on and reviewing. You know, in other words, paying to do ratings on every single segment. It was it was so much money and so much um, action. It was it was really unbelievable. But um, and then they fired me because the black April Ryan and Anna Navarro uh, complained that I was not um, uh, not uh, appropriately kind of uh, open to their positions. And literally CNN got jerked around by the sort of black and and sort of Hispanic uh, push. And it was and uh, the the vice president of the company said, "You're, you're poll testing. Well, Ed, we love having you on but they won't let up. They're complaining about you and we just can't deal with the cross current from the African American and the Hispanic. And so, cause I was, the, I was the one guy who was pro Trump. Uh, you know, I was in the Jeffrey Lord seat after Jeffrey Lord was kicked, you know, butt fired out. So, um, and they've right. they said that they, we, had, we, him just, the pro, we not, had him on the program a few months ago. Great guy, man. What a great guy. What a super guy. And um, so anyway, so it was, it was, um, it was a great glimpse into that world. Here's another thing I'll tell you. It's killer. It's killer. You know, again, you talk about the power of the media. I was on for about five months before I got fired, and I was on every night for a while. And I, used, I started about two months into it to notice that I would be in an airport or in some place. It, my, it, my thing to tell people, CNN is everywhere. You know? What I say all the time is the only reason CNN is still in, is still in business and they're still making money is because they're in every airport. They got the contract yeah. with the airports, and I can't believe yep. that you, it's crazy. It's crazy. There's yeah. no Fox no, no, News no, in the airport. And, 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 
Well, no, exactly. And, and also overseas and also in hotels. And so my point is, you can say what you want about how bad it is, but they do have the market sort of cornered. And, and people started seeing me and saying, oh, yeah, I saw you on TV. And I was thinking, man, I've been on Fox News before. I've been on all sorts of things. In, in other words, my point here is that the power of even the failing fake news, and this I'm just convinced of this, they are driving a third of the country crazy with their fake news, and they're really making right. some people unhealthy. And I, and I, I felt that. Um, so it was pretty wild, but it was a great experience. And like, what kind of corruption did you witness at CNN? Like, you know, obviously these people, when they're in power at these stations, you know, they think they're invincible. They think they can do whatever they want and nothing will hurt them. I mean, we see that we heard the stories with, you know, people like Matt Lauer, Charlie Rose, you know, all these different past reporters that have been fired, even though they weren't associated with CNN. But I'm just saying, when you have that kind of authority, when you have that, you know, this stuff goes on. What, 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 what did you witness? Yeah. You know, I saw, I didn't see as much, I didn't see much of that kind of thing. And I, but I, I, I was, um, I came out of a, I came out of a mindset. Like when I went up there, I was very careful. I never socialized with them, with anybody, even though they would offer people would say, you want to go out after we were on, you were on <laughs> nine to 10. And I just, I always had a, my, my MO was no way. Cause I just didn't want to deal with being set up or being anything. You know, I just, I, that's kind of one of my right. old rules. Especially that I learned smartphones that. So, are everywhere, right? They get them videos ready. Yeah. They, they catch yeah. you in the wrong sentence. I mean, it's so easy to frame people. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell people my, I learned in politics when I, when I was younger that, uh, you know, if you that you, you don't these aren't people, none of these people are your friends. Right. You have to realize it may be a social scene. And so I've never I never drink with them. I never, you know, go out with them. So I, 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 I cut myself off from that a little bit. I would say I, again, I would say the biggest motivating um, factor uh, that I saw again, I was I, I think people picked up pretty quickly what they feel you out. Right. To see what you're what your vice is. And so once they sense you're not going to go out on the town, then they, then they move on to the next thing. And, and so um, I, I, what I saw that I would say is the most interesting uh, observation was the influence of money. I mean, they were chasing the dollars. Like I told you, they were testing each segment and they were, they were testing it for the audience response to, to adjust their coverage to the audience response. Right. right? So they were, they were not telling truth to tell truth, just to they show how tell- it is. it's all about what's going to make them money. It's not about even reporting the news. Exactly. Exactly. That would be what I would say is the number one thing I saw was I was like, wow, they really are figuring out how to sell to the audience they identified. And they want, and when you got a sense when you were there, because I was the one sort of pro Trump and, and sort of, and I, and I have a pretty good personality in terms of TV. I was careful you know, I was very upbeat and, and, and happy. I never got pissy. And I, I mean, it was part of the thing Phyllis Schlafly used to teach us and teach us, you know, keep smiling and be pleasant and all. And so, um, right. but I, I, they, would, they would tell me, you fit in because our people love to see the sort of others attack you, you know, and, and they, were, they were testing the thing to try to figure out how could they make this a profitable piece of content. And, and again, at that level, when you start to realize how, much money is at stake and how much intensity they're taking, you realize how powerful it is because they, they, it's like I tell people with big tech, big tech is, is doing the same thing. They're chasing money and they're shaping what you see and think, and it becomes what you know, right? So it, it, it's, it, you can say, well, it's fake news, but it's, if for most of us, we, we can see it's fake news, but for most of the rest of the world, they're, they're trained in a direction. It, you, you could call it brainwashing, and that, that sounds more sinister, but it is kind of, it's a persuasion 
and they're very clear. They're not using like they're not guessing. They're using science and money to figure out how to persuade people, and it's damn right. powerful. It's really powerful. Right. Crazy? No, it's 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 insane. And so what? So obviously a big change of change of pace for you. I, I do got to let you go here in a minute, but I want to ask you a few more things. So obviously a big yeah. change of pace going going from a big network like CNN to obviously creating your own you know entity yeah, yeah. your own your own situation and then mm-hmm. not not selling out to big corporate you know that's that's rare that's hard to come by in today's world because we've got you know I always say 97% is controlled by dirty money yeah, you know, and, and again, my day job is running Phyllis Schlafly's organizations, and so I, I don't need a salary from whether I'm doing TV or the radio show I do, and, or, you know, uh, I, so I, it insulates me, you know, I, I or sometimes I joke with my wife, it would have been a lot easier on our kids and our lives if I'd learned how to sell out, but it is what it is, right? I mean, I'm blessed to have the chance to do it. But I, again, I believe, you know, I do this radio show one hour a day, uh, and, I, and I turn it into a podcast just like you. I think we need more voices and more people coming together, building communities where they can recognize how to, not just how to think, but how to relate to each other and move forward. And, and look, it's more important than ever. The great thing about what Trump did is so extraordinary. He was, he shattered the old Republican Party, but we sort of still have to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. You know, going forward, the new Republican Party, if there's going to be a conservative party, you know, of the two, it's got to be right. something different. And that's that's the thing we have. a That's that's the opportunity we have. And that's what's happening in this country. And and uh, and it's Ab- cool. But, hey, you got, you, you got a lot of you got you got a lot of other guests. I'll come on again, Rory. I love being on with you and I love listening to your no, stuff. No, so I love being I'll, on, on with you. Again. But before you no. go, before you go, yeah. though, um, I promote your book, though. I know you have a New York, New York best selling time, a New, yeah, a New yeah. York Times best selling uh, book that uh, talks about Trump and really goes into detail yeah, yeah. about a lot of a lot of cool stuff. Well, Phyllis and I wrote a book um, and that launched in September of 2016 with Brett Decker, and the three of us worked hard on it, called The Conservative Case for Trump. And the insight was, still maintains true today, although it's easier now, but the insight in September of 2016 was you got to make sure conservatives don't get scared of Trump. Because we didn't know, right? He was a New York a businessman. He'd been pro-choice. He's a you know kind of wild character, and so we were trying to hold. Phyllis and I and Decker believed in him, but we were trying to hold the conservatives. And it was so the book was really saying to conservatives, "Here's what he has said he'd do. Here's what we believe he'll do." Now it's been it's been it's been uh, it's been proven true. You know, I, I will tell real quickly. Uh, right in this month, in March of uh, March 11th of 2016, Phyllis and I uh, met with Trump. And right before she and I endorsed him, and in a little room on the side of uh, the Peabody Opera House in St. Louis, Phyllis asked Trump, she said two things. Uh, she asked him, would you help support the platform, which is conservative, and she worked on for many years the Republican Party. He said he would. And the second thing she said is, judges are so important, will you appoint good judges? And he said, I promise I will. And on those two promises, those two things, he's, he's lived up to it. But the book, The Conservative Case for Trump, says, hey, here's what he said he'd do. Here's what we think he'll do. And he has done it. You know. And so it's a, it is a yep. good uh, – it's a good it's a good history a lesson on what 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 Phyllis saw. The other book though that's funny, I have four books of adult coloring books for people that are stuck in their house with their kids. They're adult coloring books based on Trump's tweets. And if you do a search for uh, can't Trump this <laughs> can't Trump this Kofefe, there's one that's called um, Kofefe Christmas. There's one that's called hashtag Patriot or Traitor, and there's one that's uh, just a Kofefe day. And you'll you'll smile at least. So I think again, uh, this Twitter feed is so powerful, and it's kind of a fun send up. So I'll, I'll make sure to send you the link to that. You'll enjoy it, Roy. 
And, and yeah, and you um, got. I, I was just gonna. I was gonna ask you something really, really big just now. Um, oh God, it was, <laughs> I could have sworn it was. It was about. Ah, jeez. Uh, uh, now I forgot. I hate when I lose my train of thought. Uh, tell everybody where they can uh, connect with you. Obviously, you have a lot of social media. You have a lot of different work. All that good stuff. Yeah, we're well. At, at Eagle Ed Martin is me on Twitter. So our, our organization is Eagle Forum, and so at Eagle Ed Martin is Twitter. Our website is phyllisschlafly.com, dot com, and and Schlafly is spelled S C H L A F L Y dot com. Phyllisschlafly dot com. We got all our stuff archived there, and I I run edmartinlive.com. dot com. If you go there, you'll you can sign up for my email that I send out every morning at at. Uh, at uh, eight o'clock East coast time. It's a daily email on things. And so those are all good places. Hey, one thing, Rory, I'll come back again, maybe in the next few weeks on, on April 15th, FX Hulu is going to launch a nine hour mini series on Phyllis Schlafly called Mrs. America. And they're going to slur her and they're going to smear her because it's going to be about the ERA fight that she won, but they're probably going to make uh, you know, all sorts of scurrilous uh, things about it. So we're, we're launching a little counteroffensive called real Mrs. America.com. If people go there, they'll right. see about Phyllis who was, who was uh, so it will be fun, but it's, it's going to be an interesting time, but, uh, but we'll, we'll, I'll come back on again and uh, thank you for the chance to talk about all these good things. Absolutely. Well, it's been, it's been my pleasure. It's really been an honor. Uh, thank you. And let's definitely get you back here in the next couple of weeks. Okay, brother. Thanks, Rory. God bless. See you. Absolutely. Um, I do want to welcome to the show. I believe she's with us right now. Uh, we have, very excited to talk to her, we have the former assistant to the President of the United States and Communications Director at America First Action, Kelly Sadler. Kelly, how are you? Oh, I didn't take it off mute. My bad. Kelly, are you with us? Yeah, I'm with you. How are you doing tonight, Rory? Doing very well. It's such an honor to have you here. I've got so much to ask you. Um, obviously, no introduction. I mean, obviously, no introduction needed. Uh, you had one of the most important jobs of anyone in America, being the personal assistant to the president of the United States. I mean, I would. I, I, that would be the biggest dream of my lifetime. Like, I think he is the greatest thing to ever happen to humanity. I'll tell you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It was an honor to be there. Um, I was the special assistant to the president of the United States, so I wasn't his personal assistant, but um, enjoyed the work that I did for him. Love him so much. Think that he is moving our country in the right direction, and there's no better leader to have um, other than President Trump at the helm right now dealing with this coronavirus. So, and Kelly, so tell us about your time in there, you know. No, actually, before you do that, tell us about, obviously, your background, your resume. You've done a lot in politics. You've, you know, you've been around the block, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's quite impressive. Well, you know, I recognized I was a reporter before I, um, that's how I started off, and I was at the Washington Times when uh, the Trump campaign, when he first came down the escalator, him and Melania. And, what a great uh, moment. What a great, such a great moment. It, it really was. you know. But the, the mainstream media at the time was not taking his candidacy seriously. And they mocked and ridiculed his 
you know, opening address and why he was running. And he put it right out there for the American people, like he had been doing for the past several decades. His positions have never changed. They are what they are. He's the most transparent uh, person, in my view, uh, the most transparent presidency that president that we've ever had. Um, but, you know, the media wasn't taking him seriously. So, you know, I was curious. I was curious at the time. I, I wasn't sure what to believe. You know, I live inside the Beltway. I, you know, hey, this guy, does he have something or doesn't he have something? So I start, started going to his rallies. And the crowds and the diversity and just the the want and the need for an outsider. And we need a businessman. We need somebody who's not in the swamp, who can come into D.C. and start advocating on our behalf who's not beholden to any corporations or any lobbyists, who, who views things a little differently. We want him in there. We want him representing me. And I learned very quickly that this isn't just a, a blip on the radar. This guy's got a real movement behind him. The American people are hungry for representatives to actually represent them and their interests. And so I started reporting on him Early on, became a you know writing columns. I managed the editorial page at the Washington Times, and uh, you know allowed you know tr- pro-Trump voices to be heard there. The president saw that he recognized that early on because early I mean early on there were so many. I mean there still is. Let's just say the never Trump crowd in this town, the mainstream media in this town. They they still haven't gotten over the fact that they were wrong in 2015, they were wrong in 2016, and they're wrong right now. But they are. And uh, so then, you know, I was uh, welcomed into the White House to deal with talking points, surrogate operations, coalition outreach, um, and worked very closely with Kellyanne Conway um, in terms of crafting a message. And it was a great experience, and I'll remember it always. Unreal. Unreal. So tell everybody uh, how long you spent in the White House. So I was there for about a year and a half. Um, Yeah. And it was just a tremendous time because in that time, it was at the beginning, it was like four, four, it was like four, it was April. It was April of 2017. So I came in when Sean Spicer was still the press secretary and Ryan Spreebus was um, the, the chief of staff, and I was there for the Scaramucci <laughs> the 11 uh, days, um, yeah. which, was, which was insane. That was funny. Um, yeah, it was fun, I guess. Um, and then, you know, with Hope Hicks uh, as the communications director. and But, you know, during that time, there was a lot of pallets that were written, a lot of – you know, a combative White House, a team of vipers, whatever you want to call it. But we got a lot of stuff done during that period of time that I was there. We passed the Tax Cuts Act, which was which helped so many, you know, middle-class families and, you know, brought back a lot of companies from overseas back to the United States. We got out of the Paris Climate Accord. We um, were – on our way of getting out of JCPOA, the Iran um, deal that Obama negotiated, which was horrible and a terrible deal. Um, So there was, at that time, we renegotiated, uh, we moved the capital uh, of Israel to Jerusalem, uh, which was a campaign promise. 
it's and every time that we did one of these major things, it was like the sky is going to fall. The sky is going to fall. We can't do that. This is not how Washington operates. And you know what? The sky hasn't fallen. And uh, and all of these moves were the right moves to make. And this president is the only one who had the courage to actually deliver on his campaign promises, even though presidents, you know, before had always said that they were going to do these things, but never did these things. This president has the courage, the guts. He said what he was going to do for the American public, and he's doing it for the American public. And you know what I always talk about, which is amazing, is that he's delivered on 80% of his promises within three years. Most presidents after eight years don't even deliver on 10% of their promises. I mean, he's, he's done uh, more than anybody could ever do. I mean, he, and he makes it look easy. I mean, it's like he's born, he's a, he's born to do this. He's a natural. And, you know, I've always said the reason he's so successful in business and in life is because he has a way with people. He can get people into a room and he can negotiate any deal you can think of. He's, one, he's known as one of the best negotiators to ever live. I mean, that's the reason why you saw, like, the China Phase 1 deal happen is because of the tariffs. And everyone and I worked very closely with Peter Navarro, and it was just like we, you know, all the free traders, all the globalists in this town were like, you can't do tariffs. Tariffs are the worst thing ever. They're going to stifle the U.S. economy. He brought China to their knees. China is still at their knees, by the way, and I do not believe for a second that they have this coronavirus, this Chinese virus, under control in their country. We cannot trust for anything that they say, but this president through a carrot and a stick, has brought China to their knees. And we cannot let them overtake the U.S. economy, which is their main goal. Um, so he, he, through his tactics, has provoked them, and, and, and they needed to be provoked. We need to know that we uh, – the American public needs to know who the most aggressive actor is on the world stage, and that is China. The president exposed China for that. And if anything that this coronavirus can teach us is that we need our supply chains relocated from China back to the United States. We need to buy American. We need, even if it's a dollar more expensive, we need to support American industry, American workers, and we need to become self-dependent, you know, especially with these medical supplies and especially with these pharmaceuticals you know, in a, in a time of national, national crisis. So I hope that this awakes the American public of what the president was saying 20 years ago, 10 years ago, just four years ago on the campaign trail is, 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 is the most relevant and, and, and in what we need to do moving forward. Absolutely. And, and let me ask you this, what was, you know, your time in the white house, like what was there craziness? Like, did you witness a lot of, corruption or things that, that were out of the ordinary or, you know, what, what, uh, what was your experience? Are you talking, are you, you trying to get me to talk about the deep state? <laughs> Cause well, you know, anything, there, there is, anything. yeah, yeah, no, I mean, obviously, you know, this president had a disadvantage in the fact that he came into the presidency um, without an establishment or without a, te- a huge team behind him. Right, so he had to compile that, and he's gotten a lot better. I really love the fact that he took out the um, the PPO office, which is the Presidential Office of Personnel, um, and he he replaced them with Johnny McEntee. I love the fact that he brought Hope back in to the White House. 
Um, because he has noticed and he has seen that a lot of the hiring that was going on in the early stages were people that were not entirely behind his agenda. They weren't true believers. And that was an impediment. Um, he still is pushed just because of the personality he is. He wasn't going to sign anything or he wasn't going to admit any policies that weren't of his true beliefs. But, you know, there were people that were trying to undermine him. And I'm glad that he's finally kind of cleaning up the staffing, getting loyalists behind him, people who support his agenda, support the 63 million people who voted him into office, what they want. And uh, moving forward, I think another four years, you know, the sky's the limit in terms of what this guy can accomplish. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's quite something. And what, what are the interactions like between, between you guys? I mean, I'm sure it's awesome. I'm sure it's I'm sure he has every story known to mankind. And what I've heard is he's so genuine and authentic and he always really makes it about the other person. He doesn't really make it about himself. He's a very, you know, down to earth and, and, and has a lot of humility in that sense. Well, you know, one of the things that I think is so grossly unfair with the mainstream media is that, the president is really just a humorous, down-to-earth person. And he likes to rib you. He likes to throw jokes. He likes to lighten the mood. And all of these jokes, it's just, they take them so literally. Like, oh, like, the, like it's, it was clearly a joke, guys. Like, come on. It was to make the people in the room comfortable um, and, and to open up. And he wants to hear from everybody. And it doesn't matter if, if they – it's like, it's like oh, the president's surrounded by sycophants. No, it's not. Not at all. He wants to hear everybody in the room. He wants to hear the disagreements. And then he wants to collect his thoughts and make a judgment call, right? He might not agree with you, but he likes to hear the disagreements. But he also wants to make you feel comfortable to open up and share with him your, your, your thoughts on the matter. This is the first president of the United States who has, let's just talk about the coronavirus for a second, and, but this goes with all of his dealings, with governors. They come in and they tell him what they need, why they need it, and, and can the federal government support them in this. Most presidents, like let's go to George W. Bush, for example, when governors would come into the Roosevelt Room, they would have a script. They would have to say, and it all be vetted by uh, the communications office. And if the governors went off script, they'd correct it. They'd be like, this is the script that you're going to say, and this is what you're going to request, and we'll let the president know everything beforehand, and this will be a choreographed sort of interaction. That is not at all what happens with this president. The governors come in, no script. This is what I want. This is what I need, blah, blah, blah. The president takes it. Okay, and then he brings in the press corps. Hey, press corps, come on in to this, to this private meeting that would usually go on behind closed doors um, that would always be scripted. Come on in. That's how transparent he is, and that's how amazing he is, and he does this with everybody. I love it. I, I love it. I, and, you know, I think, it's, I think it's so cool, and, you know, I could talk to you all day. I really could, and uh, tell us about, you know, being the, the communications director at the America First Action, what you guys are doing over there. Yeah, so we are the official PAC of the president's reelect. 
Um, we are working every day to get him reelected as the president of the United States. We focus on swing states. Um, the states that are important to the ones that have the most electoral college votes as well as the most expensive to play in. So that's Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, um, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan. Arizona is also um, a state that's on our radar um, that we'll be paying a lot of attention to in, in the months to come. But it's really to get the president's message out, what he's doing, his show his strength and leadership, as well as show how weak his opponent is, and that is Joe Biden. And if you'll notice, um, the president has been going out every day giving about 90 minutes um, of, of a press conference on this coronavirus, taking taking questions from the combative press. And where do you see Joe Biden? You see him hunkered down. He can't even get out a 15-minute pre-scripted, you know, you know, a statement out without fumbling over it. So we're feeling good about our reelection chances. I love it. I love it. Well, tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can chat with you, where they can get involved, all that good stuff. Sure. You can follow me on Twitter at Kelly Riddell. Um, and you can go to our website, um, and that's www.a1apac.org. Sounds good, Kelly. Re- really a pleasure having you on. I loved having you on. Let's get you back soon. Uh, definitely a lot more to discuss. Thanks, Rory. Appreciate it. Have a great night. You too. Uh, everybody stay with us. We'll be right back. We're taking a quick commercial break. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. 
When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, the next, N-E-X, Gen, G-E-N, USA, dot com. It's a beautiful night coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona, 75 degrees. It's perfect, everybody. And I want to go to U.S. congressional candidate from Arizona, uh, Josh, Josh Barnett. Josh, go ahead. Hey, what's up, Rory? Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of get started here. Uh, you know, I, there's no doubt that insider trading, you know, happens all the time with these people. And, and personally, I, I don't care what party they came from. They need to be held accountable. I mean, look what they did to Martha Stewart for crying out loud, and they won't even hold anyone, anyone of their own accountable. Um, yeah, Joe, Joe Biden, you know, he, he can't hide forever. Trump's going to destroy him in that first debate. It's going to be like a comedy show. I mean, Biden can't speak. He literally, he literally can't speak. So, you know, he has zero chance, even you can say, yeah, like a negative chance if that's actually even possible. Um, you know, all this stuff, I've been pretty outspoken about this Wuhan virus or China virus. But, you know, when you dig into stuff, um, there's a lot of odd connections and that uh, can be connected. Um, you know, we talked about Bill Gates and um, him being buddies with Dr. Fauci and, uh, you know, just that kind of weird connection. We know Gates founded the Purified Institute, which funds the Wuhan Research Center. We know he's basically a eugenicist like his father who ran Planned Parenthood, killing babies for decades. Um, you know, me personally, I, I believe it's man-made, and uh, I don't believe these people got it from bat soup. Uh, the professor, uh, as I was spoken earlier from Harvard, is running a, running a lab there and getting paid $50,000 a month by Wuhan University of Technology. They also caught two others smuggling 21 vials of biological material to China in that same stint that they got those people. You know, uh, there's, there's uh, you know, if you look at like H1N1, I always kind of throw it as a comparison. There's 61 million infected, 17,000 died, over 1,800 children died. As far as I know, in the United States, no children have died from this thing, from the China virus. So far, there's been 54,800 affected, 54,800, not anywhere near 61 million, right? Now, right. That's the entire course of time, too, you know, I mean, from uh, H1N1. There's been 783 deaths. There's 271 in New York, 124 in Washington. So that means half those, half the deaths so far have come from two states or from two areas. Um, you know, so it, it is somewhat isolated, you could say, with those, unfortunately, in those two states. Um, you know, and, and what I've been arguing to people about is this, is this, is the stat, or like the mortality percentage or the stat they want to use. Because they say it's super contagious, you might not know it, 86% of people don't even know they have it, um, you know, or, or they show like a common cold symptoms or some people get a flu and, and it disappears. You know, you could have, for example, in Arizona, they say, oh, the rate, whatever percent here, like 4%, 9%, what, some extremely high rate. But if there's 2 million other people walking around asymptomatic 
or just got a bad cold and kicked it and never got tested and just it just ran its course, then obviously you throw those two million into into actually having the virus would change those numbers drastically immediately. So the numbers are very skewed and, and the data is not very good to really be kicking around these four to nine percent death rates. You know, it's not really true. Um, the, we know the hydroxychloroquine, uh, not fish water, people, not chloroquine sulfate, for God's sakes. Hydroxychloroquine, which we know inhibits viral, viral replication. And, and a combination of that with z is what's been shown, you know, promising, promising stuff. And it's, it got started today with 350 people in a study uh, today. So we're probably going to know a lot about this by Saturday even. Because the, the study in France showed that uh, on the sixth day, they were viral free. So there was 100% recovery in that small study. Now, I know it's a small study, but, hey, it's promising. And also, if you guys watched on um, Fox News' Laura Ingram show, she had Dr. William Grace, who had a hospital in New York that was administering this combination to about 100 people. No one died. Not one of the 100 died. So I, I, I'm, I'm very confident that this could be a thing that at least no more people die. You know, and, and, and we'll, we'll see. I mean, President Trump's been pushing hard this combination, and the anecdotal evidence so far has been very promising. Um, we'll, we'll know, like I said, we're going to know more by Saturday. But, you know, the only people that have been known to have issues, combination, is people that have like a natural or uh, however they got it, a high iron content. That's a major uh, contradiction that can lead to death. So that's one thing that you need to keep an eye on. Um, you know, the one thing I, I'm concerned with about the economy because, as you know, I own a business here, Cohen One in Oceanside, California. I spent 10 years growing the one that I have here in Phoenix, and it's closed. I'm closed. You know? Uh, yeah, and you made, you, made a great point. you made a great point on your Facebook. You made a great point earlier when you said, why, why can haircut places be open, but my gym can't yeah. stay open? Like, you made a great point. Your gym should be able to yeah. be open. I mean, think about haircuts. It's way more contact than actual, an actual yeah. gym. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I could just be like, hey, guys, no spotting for the next two weeks. <laughs> you know, don't touch each other. You know, it, 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 you know, you got city buses running. You know, they're, they're, you, got, you got the light you know, the light rail running and all that nasty, dirty stuff in there. It's, it's crazy, you know. And, and you know, I, I feel, honestly, I feel for the first time in my life, I usually don't feel helpless. I always feel like there's something I can do. I figure something out. But I feel helpless right now, you know, and there's nothing I can do about it. I had the cops come by here, check in, and I was like, and I told them, I was like, you know, listen, I knew you guys are just, doing what you're told, but don't you have anything else better to do right now besides check out my little gym, <laughs> you know? So uh, I'm more concerned, honestly, I'm more concerned with the potential economic suicides that, that happened in 2008-9 when 14,000 people killed themselves due to losing everything they had, you know? And, you know, I'm, running, I'm trying to run for Congress. You know, I, I have kids. I have responsibilities. And I had this business just ripped from me. Every bit of income I have ripped from me. And I'm not real happy about it, as you can tell. So, but you know, right now, you know, Trump's handling this well. He really is. And he has a 60% approval rate. You know, the, yeah. the, the, the thing that's hard for me to wrap my mind around is the fallout of the economy based on the numbers. It just doesn't add up. Right. You know, no, I, and that's why I feel there's a, lot, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes that, that I won't speak on right now. I'm going to plead the fifth right now on it. <laughs> but, you, right. know, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to get into conspiracy stuff and this and that, but there's something, there's, to me, there's something. I can't put my finger on it but there's something else going on. Um, it can't be just this. It just doesn't make any sense in comparison to other stuff that we've right. had happen. With, I mean, I mean, flu deaths alone have killed more up to this point. No, I you agree. Know? So, 
you know. I agree. One hundred percent. No, I agree. Josh, Josh, tell, stay with us, but tell everybody where yeah. they can get involved. I just, I got to get to trying to get to everybody on the panel. Tell everybody where they can contribute, get involved, contact you, all your social media, that stuff. Sure, sure. Yeah, you can reach me at barnettforaz.com, at barnettforaz on Twitter and Instagram, and Josh Barnett for Congress. Guys, I just posted up when Nancy Pelosi was trying to push through with her with her shady bill. you got to look at the laundry list of stuff she's trying to put in here. It's absolutely sickening. And, and um, you know, yeah. the people oh, yeah. need, to, you need to pass this on to everybody. So, thank you, Roy. Oh, oh, we, oh, we do. We do. Stay with us, though. And, well, we do. It's, you know, she's sick. She's a witch. She really is. Yeah. Uh, Todd, McK- Todd McKinley, I want to give you a, a few minutes. Um, my, my fault for not getting to you earlier, but I, I'm sure you have some thoughts. Go ahead, my friend. Yeah, hey, Roy, I appreciate it. You know, uh, 250 shows, great. I was on your 200th show, and uh, this makes my 22nd show I've been on with you. I appreciate it, by the way. Uh, a few points I'll hit really quick, and I know you got to gotta move on. Uh, so it's funny how the president ran on America first. And now the Democrats are saying, you know, we need to build more in America. We need to have the pharmaceutical companies come back to the United States. And it's like the president's been saying this the whole time, but you and the mainstream liberal media has been calling him a racist, a xenophobic, uh, and all these other things. It's like this is what he's talking about whenever he talks about America first. This is what the America first agenda is all about. Uh, so and it's funny. It's, on a daily basis, the media is going after President Trump you know, over trivial matters, over what he's calling you know, the, the pandemic, the China virus or Chinese virus or what have you. Uh, you know, and, then there, and here he is trying to calm the American people. Uh, whenever, you know, for the most part, we always talk about you know, we need a president that's going to calm everybody, let everybody know it's going to be all right. And as soon as he does that, what do they do? They want to call him out and say, why are you giving everybody false hope? You know, why are you telling everybody everything's going to be okay? And it's like that's what you want in a president. That's what you want in a leader. Uh, you, you want to ensure that everything's going to go back to normal at some point, and you know that's what he's saying, and that's what what we're looking at right now. Things are going to go back to normal, and, and we're going to be better for it on the on the other side. And we're going to see that you know, the fact is we need America first. We need to manufacture more things here, especially pharmaceutical companies. You know, we need need, need them here manufacturing, especially the life saving things that are out there, the, these cures like that. You know, uh, you know. So let, let's look at that. Uh, and these folks that are you know drinking the or taking this uh, fishbowl cleaner stuff or the fish tank cleaner stuff. And then, of course, the, the liberal media, yeah, they try to call him out, you know, as if he's the one who, 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 who uh, you know, put it in their mind to do this. And it's like, how, first off, how did you get to the point that you were looking at ingredients on, on fish tank cleaner? I mean, how, how, how do you, how, I don't understand how you get to that point where, you know, I'm looking at the, the ingredients here, and all of a sudden this sounds uh, somewhat close. I take it, and next thing you know, I'm dead. And now the president's to blame, even though he never said anything close to, to, to uh, the ingredients in the fishbowl cleaner or fish tank cleaner, what have you. Uh, you know, George Carlin has a, a funny quote, and the court he goes, uh, you know, think of how, how stupid the average person is and realize half of them are stupider than that. And I, I don't believe the average person is stupid necessarily, but he, he, here's an example of, of somebody proving me wrong. It's like, come on, people, don't prove me wrong. I, I'd prove me, uh, prove me right that I think everybody you know, has some sort of common sense that is out there. It's like, come on, don't, don't play into this. Uh, you talked about the transgender issue. You know, we've talked about that many times before. Uh, and, and you think about it, it, you know, it used to be a, 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 some sort of mental disorder, and now all of a sudden it's normalized. Uh, you know, of course, the Democrats, they like to normalize or, or, or create all these different, uh, like you talked about, I think you call them boxes or whatever. I call them, you know, boxes or bubbles or something like that. They want to create these victims, different fringe victims, groups. All these victims, yes. yeah. Right, the victims. So they want to create these different victim groups. And then, of course, they want to say, you know, and for the most part, it's people that didn't realize they were a victim to start with. 
all of a sudden start seeing it like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I was a victim. Uh, you're right. And, and the next thing you know, it's like, well, who's victimized me? Well, it's those Republicans over there. It's the white male Republicans or it's, you know, the, the rich, the elite. It's always it's always somebody, you know, that's uh, out of touch, out of your neighborhood or whatever. Uh, that, that's to blame for, for the, your plot in life. Uh, when in reality, it's the people you've been voting for in your own community anyway. And, and it's likely Democrats that, that, are, that you're voting for in those communities. Uh, uh, but, you know, the next thing you know, it's the Republicans are at fault. And it's, and for the most part, Republicans that, that, that are, don't even live in your own state, but somehow they're to blame for your lot in life in inner city New York or somewhere like that. So come on now. Uh, it's, it's really pathetic. Uh, as far as insider trading, I know you touched on that. Uh, Richard Burr and, of course, Kelly Loeffler, uh, uh, maybe I mis- mispronounced that, but out of Georgia. Uh, and also yeah. Diane Feinstein. She, she also right. was guilty of this. Uh, but of course, we don't right. hear anything about that. We only hear about Richard Burr because he's a chairman, you know, of the Intel Committee. Uh, you know, I I say they all need to go down. They all need to go, and you know, the sooner the better. Uh, and right. you talked oh, about Joe Wasp. Yeah, you talked about Joe Wasp briefly. I got a friend of mine, a former White House colleague, and he's he's flaming him every day after every day that he's you know going off on him about. Uh, but they go back and forth. It's kind of funny. I love it. Uh, and then you talked about Joe Biden for a second, and I've said this before. You know, Joe Biden was a senator of a state. That's a, about the size, uh, population-wise, of Shelby County, Tennessee, which is where Memphis is. Uh, you right. Know, so it, it, it's not like he was some sort of a, uh, some sort of big wig or anything like that. It's just the fact that every state gets two senators, uh, and, and here he is. He happens to be essentially what amounts to a, a co-county executive, you know, but it happens to be a state, if you will. Uh, right. And of course, let me, no. Yeah, let me touch on Obama real quick. You said, you know, 2004. I, think I about do got to close the show here in about about 30 seconds. Okay. Well, real quick, 2004, he gave this the great speech, you know, at the DNC, and the next thing you know, they're talking about him running for president, and he was still a state state senator at that point, hadn't been an elected U.S. senator. Uh, then, of course, right. you know, fast forward 2008, he was the, the, the lesser of the two evils between him and Hillary. Uh, in 2016, you know, uh, they, they, they did everything they could to make sure that Hillary was, was the person. Uh, they stole it from, from uh, Bernie, but at the end of the day, Bernie sits there and serves in the Senate as an independent. And it's like, you know, really you, have, you don't really have a leg to stand on it in, in some respects, you know. But at, the, but at the same time, Democrats allow him to run as a, a Democrat. But anyway, you can follow That's me true. on Twitter at – yeah, right. So, but at Todd for House, T O D D number four H O U S C, uh, the website ToddForHouse dot com, T O D D number four H O U S C dot com. Again, you know, I appreciate you having me on the show. I know I'm here at the, the tail end, uh, cleaning up everything, but I appreciate it. Great show, and I love to talking to you soon. All right, thank you. God bless, buddy. Yes, sir. Everybody, it's been a fantastic show tonight. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. I'll see you all Thursday. Um, until then. I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers.